Am I on now? Well, I switched it three ways, and there's only two, so (laughs) glory to God. Well, welcome to church this morning. How is everybody? And the rest of y'all. Y'all are here. You might as well be good. Right? Right. You guys can be seated. Thank you, guys. Excellent jobs. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, don't you just like being able to see people you've never seen before? Because some of you came to first service and never made it to second, and some of you never got out of bed in time to come to first. So it's a great thing. You know, I kind of like this. So everybody gets to meet each other and know your family and see each other. It's a good thing, right? Well, I'm just going to tell you ahead of time, those of you that normally are quiet, get used to it, because I may come sit in your lap or right next to you, you know, I don't do quiet too well, yeah, everybody should be involved, yeah, yeah, so uh, I'll tell you what happened to Keith, they got ready to leave yesterday, and uh They were in Minneapolis, you know, and they said they had this great big snowstorm and they got ready to leave and they detained them 40 minutes because everybody was going to Florida. (laughs) Said, you can't leave, everybody's going to Florida. So uh, they had to sit and wait. And then when they got ready to go, he said they were driving, you know, driving, yes. This part, you have to drive until you get to a certain speed. You have to drive the airplane. And he said they had just cleaned the airport taxiways off and he said they were solid sheets of ice and so he said they were glad to get up in the air and he he called me this morning on the way here to church he said phil it's 75 in sunshine i said you always tell me don't rub it in but you know it's good he was up there in the freezing cold when they got ready to do the airplane i think it was minus three when they were pre-flighting. So, you know, that's not nice, is it? No, it's not nice. So uh, we're good here. But we're believing it's going to be a little warmer this week than what it's supposed to be. Anybody believing with me? Yes, yes, yes. You know, for our parking lot guys and all of our guys. Well, are you excited about the Faith for Life classes? I am really, really excited about them because there's donuts over there. And some of you never eat sweets unless I give them to you. <laughs> so um, we'll fix some of that stuff up. So, uh, yeah. So make sure somebody gets a donut. If you see them, you know, just kind of take it, cram it in their mouth or something, you know. No, you don't have to make them eat sweets if they don't want them. But uh, there are donuts over there. So you should go just to get a donut, yeah. you know. Because some of you never get one otherwise. So, but, Yeah. It'll be a good day over there, and we got a lot, a lot of faithful people that's been here with us for a very long time, ready to start over there, and it's going to be great things going on over there. You know, and one of the things that Keith had on his heart that he said, as soon as we left, he said, why didn't you remind me? I said, I can't just yell out all the time. I do it enough, you know. And uh, he said, you know, one of the things that would be good is whatever went on in the service that they're able to talk about, because sometimes you get something on your heart in the service, and you're like, what did he mean by that? You know, or what does that, where's that scripture for that? Or, you know, and then you're able to break it down into groups and be able to talk about it and stuff. So I am just so excited about it. I think it's going to be really, really, really good. The fellowship and the word and all the good things that go around it. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But also, 
I have a sermon for today. Can you believe it? All right. It's a good thing. So uh, I, uh, you know, um, was raised in a certain denomination. Can anybody guess what it was? And for the rest of y'all. Catholic. Yes. And um, uh, there's a lot of good Catholics out there these days, you know, and, and the Catholic religion has a lot of good things about it. They have, you know, like I've said before, you know, a lot of honor and, and respect for the things of God. And, and uh, my mom told me, though, this is what she said. She said, Phil, never forget this. You were born a Catholic. You will die a Catholic. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. What's the point in arguing? You know, yes, ma'am. So um, this morning, I waited till the choir got out here so I could look at them when I said this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this morning, I want you to look straight ahead and say this with me as I say this. Now, and I'm serious about this when I say this. Today. Okay, now. Hear if your neighbor says it, because I want to know that every person in here says this. Today, Today is, for me, is for me, not for someone else. else. Uh oh. Uh oh. Today, Today is, for me, is for me, not for someone else. Not for someone else. Now, it's for me, too. And you know me, every time I teach, I teach for myself first, and then y'all get to be a part of it. Right? So today is for me and not for someone else. So every time that something is said and you think about someone else, you grab that little pea brain of yours and you go, and you put it right back on yourself. Okay? Today is for me and not for someone else. I want to talk to you about something that I think is it's fun in a, in a way, but yet and still, it's, it's very serious about what happens in people's lives. And I want to talk to you about, put up the scripture first. Psalm 95, verse 10. King James. So many people say, well, let's read the verse and then I'll tell you. Forty years long... I was grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. Now, does that sound like God's mad at them because they didn't do something he told them to do? Kind of, sort of, right? Kind of, sort of. Now, I've touched on this before here, but I want to go at it from a different angle today. So let's look at the uh, Message Bible a little bit, okay? Psalm 95.10 from the Message Bible. For 40 years, they watched me at work among them. As over and over, they tried my patience. And I was provoked. Was I provoked? Can't they keep their minds on God for five minutes? Do they simply refuse to walk down my road? Exasperated, I exploded. They'll never get where they're headed. Never be able to sit down and rest. 
Now, does that sound just a little bit different than the first one? Now, as a leader, we see people all the time. As a pastor, we see people all the time. And we see what's going on in their lives. And we see things that are being thrown at them. And we see things that's happening and good things and bad things. And sometimes I'll say, oh, that just makes me so mad. And I'm just so mad at them. Are you really mad at them? Are you just mad because they're not doing what is going to help them the most? You're frustrated because they're not doing what's going to help them the very most to get to the place that they need to be to be able to do what? Rest. To be able to rest. And that is the devil's number one game is to constantly be doing things that get us off course to keep us from resting. God has a plan and a path for our lives, and the devil has a plan and a path for our lives. And what we have to do is we have to figure out which one is God's plan and which one is the devil's plan. Now, I'm going to do this little illustration, unpracticed, unprepared, but I think it's going to show you something. Dave, would you grab one of those chairs up there and set it on that end of the the thing right there? How many youth have we got in here this morning? They move quicker than the older people. Come down here. All the youth in here, we'll just use you this morning. This is unprepared. Come, Come down here as quick as you can. Like I said, you move quicker. Remember that part? You move quicker? Okay. I want part of you behind this wall. I want part of you up here. I want part of you up here. I want part of you down these aisles. And I want part of you in front of these chairs right here. Just kneeling down and hiding. Okay? Part of you down the aisles. Stop where you are. That's good enough. At the back of the aisle. Stop. Hiding. I want you to hide. In the aisles, I want you just to hide. (laughs) Have you ever hid before? I know you have. Hide. I want you to hide. Yep, now up there, down here, you got to have some down here too. Okay, hide. I want you to hide. Now who's the tallest youth that we have or the biggest youth? Huh? Come on. Stand right here. Stand right here. All right. Is it Cole? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. He didn't think I knew, but I knew. <laughs> Cole has a plan for his life. Cole's young right now. Right? God, put, sorry, Dave, put that chair down on the floor down there in front of that scene. Yeah. All the way down. Right in front of the scene. Almost in front of Rick. So that we can have a clear vision of it. There you go. There you go. 
That is the plan that God has for his life. He has a call on his life. Is there anybody in here that doesn't have a call on their life that God sent them here just to fill that chair? Is there anybody in here that God just sent down to earth to fill up space? Is there anybody in here that God just said, I'm bored with you, go down there for a while? Huh? Is there anybody in here that doesn't have a reason that you were born? Is there anybody in here that's just a mistake? Every person in here, God has a plan for your life. He has something that He has ordained you to do in this lifetime. And all along your way, there are things that you have to decide. Now, this is what this verse said. For 40 years, they watched me at work among them, as over and over they tried my patience, and I was provoked. Can't they keep their minds on God for five minutes? Do they simply refuse to walk down my road? Exasperated, I exploded. They'll never get where they're headed. They'll never be able to sit down and rest. Now that's God's road. It's a straight path. Now count how long it's taken me to get there. Are you counting? Who's counting? Okay. Count. I'm not walking very fast. Are you counting? How long did that take? 23 seconds, 25 seconds, 20 seconds, 20 seconds, 25 seconds. Let's just add to it. Let's say 30 seconds. 30 seconds it took me to get there. How many years was that? 40 years? All right. So here's Cole. And that's the plan for his life. Now, where's all the youth? Nobody even got in this aisle. Come over here, youth. Get in this aisle over here. Are you hiding? All right. He starts down the plan for his life. And immediately, things start to attract him. Start popping out things on the side. Cars and houses. Whoa, you're going way too fast. Y'all are not popping out quick enough. Try to grab him. Stop him. Everybody along the way. Grab him. Stop him. Pull him aside. You see what I'm saying? Now stop just a minute. Come back here just a minute, Cole. There's something down this aisle. Had these guys, you know, we practiced this. <laughs> these guys here would have pulled Cole off because of attractions of money or cars or houses or girls. Look at all of them. <laughs> Aren't these pretty girls? Okay. And Cole could have went down this path for how long? How long? Look at how long this path is right here. Does it just keep going and going and going? He could go straight out the door and never come back to God. 
Is that right? Or he could eventually turn around and come back to God. But while he's on this path, what's happening in his life? Anything good? Most likely not. What's happening with God? Exasperation. Frustration. He still loves him as much as he ever has. But he's constantly telling him every way, every day, Cole, turn around and go back the other way, son. Cole, that's, that's not my plan for you, bud. Turn around and get back on your path. Hey, Cole, this, it's not time for this. Get back over here. That over there, that's the plan I have for you. And if you follow this path, then there's going to be good things along the way. You don't want to go that path. That, that girl, she ain't right for you right now. That life, it's not right for you right now. Or he could come right here. Come, jump out at him right here. One of y'all. Okay? And he could take a little detour to the right. Just a little short one right here. Stop. That's as far as this road ended. He could have got off on money things for just a little short time. It's a little short detour right here. This road doesn't go very far. Do you see what I'm saying? You could have got sick. You could have got bitter. You could have got offended at somebody. Got off for a little bit. And stayed in it a little bit. Stayed in it a little bit. Stayed in it a little bit. Kept feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. And wound up. See what that sign up there at the back says? And got totally out of the will of God. Do you see all these things? How many are there? Huh? This one here might represent financial things. This one here might represent healing. This one here might represent worldly things. This one here might represent sickness of some sort. That one there might represent money things. That one there might represent drugs or alcohol or or family problems or kid problems. Every one of these things are set up to take you off this path. But it's your thing to decide how long are you going to stay on that path instead of this path. Are you going to stay on that path for a day, a week, a month, a year, or forever? Are you going to let all these, and I don't want to call them bad things because they're precious, wonderful youth, but lack of a better term, imps of the devil pull you off the path. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they could be, this one here could be waving, hey, you could be making lots of money if you'll come over here with me. Wave your hands big. (laughs) Distraction, distraction from the things of God. If you come now, I'll give you money. I'll give you gold. I'll give you things. (laughs) I'll give you new cars. And he go that way and it take him off the path that God has planned for him. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Excellent job. But if he stops along the way at every one of these detours, how long is it going to take him to get to there? 
never will he get there. Well, it's not any different with a youth, with a 20-year-old, with a 30-year-old, with a 40-year-old, with a 50-year-old, with a 60-year-old, with a 70-year-old, with an 80-year-old, with a 90-year-old. No matter who you are, you can be deterred by different things. You can let something pull you off the course that God has planned for you. You can start on the path and you can be all purposeful that I'm going to serve God no matter what happens and I'm going to be where He wants me to be and I'm going to do what He wants me to do. And you can start oh so jolly and oh so happy going down that path. And the first thing happens, you get this symptom. Ah! Ah! And you don't get any better. And you say that faith stuff. It don't work. I'm going back to my Catholic religion. Huh? Or somebody in the church gives you the mean eye from across the room. (laughs) They didn't smell right today. I didn't like the way they fixed their hair. Their husband looked at my wife funny. Huh? And get off the course. What do you think the devil's game is? What what do you think he's out here for? Why is he here? Just to sit you here and let you go, oh, aren't those nice flowers? Oh, I love that beautiful piano. Oh, Dave's so pretty. (laughs) And just let you just go like this, oh. Huh? All day long. All day long. It's his goal, it's his pleasure. It's his joy to figure out if there's one thing that's going to pull you to this side. And if he can't get you in the ditch on this side, what's he going to do? He's going to pull you over here in the ditch on this side. Anything he can do to get you off this path. Because he knows if you stay on this path, you're going to get there. But not only are you going to get there, but all, and we're going to get into it here in a little bit, all the things that you're believing for are on this path. Everything you've been standing for is on this path. It's just like it's going to dump right on you on this path. But when you're out here, you can make every confession that you want to make. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. My God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding on me. My kids will serve God all the days of their life. And all the while, you're walking this way. And you're totally off the path. Dave took my verse this morning, didn't know it. 
But God said, those that do what? Uh, put it back up there. It's 1 Samuel. Y'all had it earlier. 1 Samuel 2.30. Those that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be what? Lightly esteemed. I've said this before. I said it in Florida. I don't think I've said it here. But I never thought about this. You know, I've done a lot of business dealings with people. And when I've done business dealings, you know, when you, when you get around people all the time, and I've dealt with a lot of worldly people, and I was dealing with, with this one man one day, and he had the most vulgar mouth on him, and we were trying to purchase something, and, and he was talking to me, and, and he just kept on. And all of a sudden, he said a really ugly word, which I, I'm not even going to try to repeat, but it was really ugly. And he caught himself, and he said, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry, I'll never say that again. And I thought, you know what? I never said one word to him about his language. I never said one word to him about his vocabulary or how he was talking to me. He knew who I was. He knew what I represented. And I thought, why? I've heard it around a lot of other people that I hang with. I've heard it around a lot of other ministers and stuff that I hang with. And the Lord instantly spoke to my heart. And that verse came so big and so bold in me. And it was like, those that honor me, I will honor. And I thought, yeah, that's great, Lord, but what does that mean? He said, do you know if you sat at home and watched people use those words all the time on the TV, I could not have stopped that man from saying those words to you? In other words, if you open yourself up in one area, you're wide open to that in other areas. If I would sit there at night and watch someone using that foul language for four hours on TV, why would he feel the need to stop somebody from saying that to me on the telephone? Those that honor me, I will honor. He instantly stopped him from saying that. If we'll honor God by staying and finding out the road that He wants us on, He will honor us by doing all these things that we're talking about. Our healing, our prosperity. Let me ask you a question. I had never thought about this till yesterday. Moses was leading a whole troop of people. What if they were supposed to get to the Red Sea? Because the Red Sea was supposed to part. Is this correct? Everybody knows that, right? Anybody doesn't know that? What if Moses was leading these people and Moses chose, this is the path, keep in mind, this is the path, Moses chose not to follow God's road that day and Moses thought this was a better way. But the Red Sea's over here. What is going to happen to all of them? Is God doing His very best to protect them? But what does it take in order for God to protect them? 
someone to listen to him. He is doing everything he can to get us to enter into his rest. He's doing everything he can to get all of his blessings to dump on us. He's not withholding them from us. They're sitting there waiting on us. It's us that keep taking the detours. The blessings have not moved. The minute you ask for them, he sent them. He's not withholding them. The minute that you stick your faith out there, He is a true and faithful God. He sends your blessings. But it's us that have to get to our blessings. We have to quit taking all the detours and all the turns. If Moses would have gone 40 miles to the west, instead of going the direction he told him to go, what would have happened when he got 40 miles to the west and all those horses breathing down their throats? Where would they have gone? What would have happened to them? They couldn't have gone into the Red Sea and been swallowed up by the water because there wouldn't have been any Red Sea. They'd have been in the wrong part of the country. And I think that's what happens to so many people in this day and time. They get their own idea and their own plan and they can't keep their mind on what God wants them to do for five minutes and they go this way and they decide God's not blessing me. Well, God's not holding it from you. You just got to turn this way and go the way He's directing you. He is a blessing God. It is the greatest joy that He could ever have is to give us blessings. He's got them waiting on us. But we have to follow His path and do it the way He's telling us to do it. We can't go to the right and follow the devil for half the afternoon or for a month or a week or ten days or two years. And expect the blessings to come that way. When we stay in his path, everything follows us there. Let me read you this next verse. Lest you think I'm just talking out of the Old Testament. Hebrews. Where is Hebrews? In the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 in the Message Bible. That's why the Holy Spirit says, Today, please listen. Say, this is for me, not somebody else. Today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. As in the bitter uprising. What will bitterness do for you? You know what I heard some said one time? Hate, bitterness, corrodes the container that it's in. If you're bitter or you're hating... It's going to corrode the container that it's in. It's not a scripture, but you think about it. There, Keith, when I told Keith that, he said, really, there is. It talks about it, you know. And he quoted the scriptures to me. And if I could remember them, I'd tell you. <laughs> Maybe your scriptorians can look them up and tell us. It says um, in verse 8, 
Don't turn a deaf ear as in the bitter uprising. That time of wilderness testing. Was that a test for them to see if they were going to follow what he wanted them to do? When these things come, like what I was saying, all these people coming out of all these things, like the young lady that was standing here waving her hands, come and get this. That's not a, a testing of he's going to be sick, or that's not a testing of he's going to be broke, or that's not a testing of he's going to fall down in a ditch and hurt himself. It's a testing of who's he going to trust, God, or is he going to follow off and get this now? Is he going to trust what God told him to do, or is he going to follow off and go after this money stuff now? He has to choose to get up in the morning and say, God, what is your plan for me today? Is it your plan that I go off to this place and get this money now? Or is it your plan that I stay here with you and you do it this way? Keep our mind and our focus on him for five minutes and not turn a deaf ear to him. Verse 9. Even though they watched me at work for 40 years, your ancestors refused to let me do it my way. Over and over they tried my patience, and I was provoked and oh so provoked. They'll never keep their minds on God. They refused to walk down my road. Again, this next verse, listen to it. Exasperated, I vowed. They'll never get where they're going. They'll never be able to sit down and rest. Do you feel tired? Do you feel worn out? Do you feel like you've just been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and fighting it? Why would that be? Could it be that maybe you got on the wrong road somewhere? And maybe it's time to get back on this road where you can see how pretty Dave is and how pretty the flowers are? Sometimes we don't even realize that the devil's thrown something out at us and we followed after it. Sometimes we don't even realize that he's pulled our chain. He's got us, you know, pulling us. And we're following him. I know. In talking about Moses, think about this. Did he tell them, if you'll do this and you'll follow me, when you get there, there's just going to be this greatest of greatest miracles. And I'm just going to part the Red Sea and you're going to be in there and you're going to go through it and the water is just going to stand up on the sides and the horses are going to come behind you and they're just going to be right behind you and they're just going to fall in the sea and die. And you're just going to be safe on the other side. Did he tell them that? He didn't tell them any of that stuff ahead of time. What did he tell them? Follow Moses and walk this way. Walk like a... What? (laughs) Walk this... Some of you too old to get it. Sorry. (laughs) Or too young, either one. Maybe I'm too old. But he just told them to walk this way. You know, in pastoring. Uh, what is a pastor? Why do you even have churches? 
Let's take a vote. Why do you have a church? Shepherd the flock. Feed the flock. Hear God's word. Fellowship. What is a pastor? Think about a natural shepherd. I've heard pretty much all the words. He feeds, he leads, and he protects. Right? That's what a shepherd does. Pretty much. I spent yesterday, off and on and the day before, looking at shepherd videos. I wanted to see what a true shepherd does. I watched them. They climbed up some major hills and they climbed up some amazing things. And I watched them today in modern society. Some of them have dogs that help them, you know, and some of them follow and some of them paint them different colors when they've got thousands of them that go together. Shepherds. They feed them. They stop, they take a break, they feed them. They lead them. And they protect them. Do you know, a lot of people in this room have been fed a lot. A lot, 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 a lot. But, you know, when it comes to the leading and the protecting, it's been micro. You know, I was, when I was sitting there looking at the videos on one of the particular ones, the dog kept coming back behind. One of the sheep tried to get away, and the dog kept coming back behind, and he was nipping at the sheep's foot. And he would nip at his foot. And I thought, well, that can't be nice to get your foot nipped at. But you know what I also thought? It would be much nicer to get my foot nipped at than my head bit off by a wolf. And I was thinking about people in here. Because, of course, I know a lot of the situations that are going on in people's lives. And I was thinking about people that I know have kind of gotten off the path. Either financially or spiritually or physically or, you know, just in different ways. And I was thinking back, you know, it's not often that Keith or I specifically tell somebody in the church something to do. And I was thinking about some of these cases. And I was thinking about, I I went back and I was praying and I was thinking about, Lord, why is it that way? Why are they in this condition? Why are they here? And he said, go back. Think about it. And I did. And I thought, when this condition first started, what did y'all tell them to do? And I thought, you're right. He said, did they do that? I said, nope. 
He said, did you t give them something else? When they, they didn't seem to get that? I said, yep. He said, did you give them something else? I said, yep. And when I sat back and looked at it, on a, probably a dozen or more of these cases, probably way more of these cases, probably 35 of these cases, I thought I could sit down and I could list. We specifically gave them instruction of something to do as their leader. Now, what did you say a shepherd was? And why do we have a church? So you got quiet on me. To protect you. To protect people. To protect people from getting hurt. And I'd rather go up, stick your foot up here, Gary, and nip at your heel and tell you to do something than the wolf come by and bite your head off. That's right. And you be hurt and you be down for day after 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 week after day after week after week. But you know what's happened in 98% of those cases? You want the truth? Or you want me to just go on? Offense. Am I right? Because they didn't like the instructions that they got. Do I have a habit of telling people what to do? Unless the Lord specifically says something to do. With our staff, yes. It's my job to tell our staff what to do. That's my job. But if you see as the shepherds something that's about to be detrimental in the sheep's life, and you go to them and you say, here, read this. And they ignore you? Or you say, here, do this. And they ignore you? What is left for God to do? He wants them on this path. He's doing everything he can to keep the devil from sifting them and destroying them. He wants to keep them where their blessings are. He wants to keep them where things are good and things are right. But the devil is constantly doing his very best to send this imp and this imp, and you saw all of them. And every day that you wake up, he's constantly sending things across your path to get you hurt, get you offended, get you sick, get you bent out of shape. Get some. If I got offended every time somebody talked about me, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Or if I got offended every time somebody didn't do something we asked them to do. But if we didn't truly love people, if we didn't truly care what happened to people, we wouldn't spend hours praying for them. We wouldn't say, God, how do we help them fix this situation? How do we help them see the light to get past this? 
Because just us coming to you and saying, Keith, straighten up, boy. Do it right. Get it right. What good is that? It's no good unless you have a word from the Lord. And I can know Keith's messing up on something. And just for me to go to him and tell him something is totally useless. Unless God gives you something. But then when God does give you something and you ignore it, that's between you and God. And you have to get it fixed. You have to get back on the path that God planned for us. God is exasperated because all He wants is you healed, well, prosperous, full of joy, full of peace. And he sends somebody to tell you, do this and it'll be okay with you. What else can he do? He wakes you up and tells you to do it and you don't do it. So he sends somebody else to tell you. He is out to get us our blessing. And he's going to try every channel that he possibly can to get it to us. Because he wants us to have it. Let's keep going. Psalm 103, verse 7. This is the NIV. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love. That's why he sends people to help you. Psalm 25, verse 4. This is King James. Lord, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in thy truth. And teach me, for you are my God of my salvation, and on thee do I wait all day. Do you know that's probably the biggest problem about hearing from God? Is a lot of people don't even ask Him what He wants them to do today. They just get up with their own plan and say, God, this is what I'm doing today. Bless it. We have to find out what His plan is for us today. And and if He says make an adjustment and do this today, then we make that adjustment and do what He says today. The Message Bible says it this way. Show me how you work, O God. School me in your ways. You know, God has ways of doing things. And they're not necessarily our ways of doing them. Just like my mom said, I was born a Catholic. I would die a Catholic. But you know what? I found out that there were other ways of doing things. I found out that I didn't have to be sick and I didn't have to be broke. And I didn't have to be upset all the time and I didn't have to be all these things. And I had to make a choice. Was I going to live the way I had grown up and stay that way all my life? Or was I going to be schooled in God's ways and do things His ways? Or was I going to live the way I had been trained all my life and stay with that and do without all the things that God had provided for me? 
We have to make a choice on which one we want in our lives. We have to make a choice. Are we going to be schooled in the way that God wants us to do it? Are we going to waver back and forth? Today we're going to do it God's way and tomorrow we're going to do it our way. And today we're going to do it God's way and tomorrow we're going to do it our way. And today we're going to do it God's way and tomorrow... We're headed toward this. How far are we going to get if today we do it our way and tomorrow we do it God's way? And you take two steps forward and six steps backward. Are we getting any closer to what we're believing for? It doesn't happen that way. Now this is a statement that the Lord said to me as I was preparing this, and I think you'll understand it. Let me read this verse and then I'll tell you. Verse 5. Take me by the hand and lead me down the path of truth. You are my Savior, aren't you? And immediately I thought of this. God leads us in accordance to how old we are spiritually. If you're a baby Christian... He is going to take you by the hand and he's going to say, okay, you don't know how to do this. You come and I'm going to hold your hand all the way and I'm going to tell you every step along the way exactly how you need to do this. You don't have to make any decisions. You don't have to know anything. You just come with me and I'm never going to let go of your hand. We're going to do it this way. Just like you would your two-year-old. But when you've been doing this 30 years, God's going to say, get up, Paul. Go do this today. And that's all he's going to say. He's not going to give you every detail of how you're supposed to do it because you're supposed to know his ways by now. You're supposed to know how you're supposed to do it by now. You're not supposed to have to get every word from him on how to do it by now. Just like your teenager, just like your your wife or something, you don't have to explain to your wife every detail of how you want your shirt pressed or how you want dinner cooked or how you want this done or how you want something done. By now, you know each other a little bit. Well, it's the same way with God. When we're young, He takes us by the hand and He says, Do it this way. And He shows us every little detail, step by step by step of how we're supposed to do it. And when we wake up in the morning, we should find out, okay, Lord, do I get in my car and do I drive over here? Lord, do I get in my car and do I do this now? Lord, do I do this now? When you're first born again, you should be doing that everything that you do. But after you've been serving Him 30 years, you should be able to get up in the morning and you start this way and something comes inside, you check. And you, you, and you go that way and, you, and no, I don't need to do that. I need to turn and go this way. But it depends on where you are spiritually. And if you never went through that two-year-old phase, you, you might want to back up and go through it. And find out what direction God's leading you for that day. And get schooled in His ways of doing things. And get back on His path. Because let me tell you, I'm going to tell you what the blessings are when you do. Because His path is bright and His path is good and with it is the blessings. He said, my... Well, let me just read it to you. I'll get ahead of myself. Let's see where it is. I know it's in here somewhere. Mm. Jeremiah says this, and I think you know this. Jeremiah 29 in the NIV. 
It says, for I know my plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans I have to prosper you and to not harm you. The plans to give you hope and a future. Then they will call on me and they will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found of you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations in the places where they have banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place from where I carried you into exile. And that's the same thing. That is a type for us. If you went down one of these roads and you got off, he's saying, come back. Come back to your prosperous place. Come back to the place that the Lord has had for you. What did he tell us? His yoke is Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is and my burden is light. If you've gotten off on one of these trails and one of these paths... And there's a lot of heavy stuff on you, whether it's sickness or you're broke or you're poor or your family's falling apart and your marriage is falling apart and things are going bad, then you've gotten off on the wrong trail. You've gotten off on the wrong path. Get back on the path where the light is bright and good things are there to happen for you. This path is protected. This path has His love. It has His protection. It has His blessings on it. And just because you come sit in a, pew, in a pew or a chair or whatever it is on Sunday morning is no indication that you're on this path. What you do when you walk out of here, God says, guard your heart. For out of it come the issues of life. And if in your heart you're thinking about going, do, having an affair, you're thinking about going spend this money on things you shouldn't spend it on, you're thinking about killing somebody, beating somebody, bitter at somebody, mad at somebody, three quarters of your day. I don't care if it's your spouse or your son. You're not going to have the blessings of God on your life. You're going off on a path. You're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. You've taken this other path. All of those things are paths that the devil has lined out for you that pull you off of God's path. Whether it be for five minutes, maybe you threw a temper tantrum and it lasted all of ten minutes, but you got back, you repented and you got back on the path. Or maybe you threw a temper tantrum and you've stayed there for a month. Or maybe you had a spat with your spouse and you hadn't spoke to each other in six weeks. How long are you going to stay off the path and leave the door wide open for the destroyer to come in and devour you? That's why the Bible talks about not letting the sun go down on what? It's not because God's trying to withhold things from us. It's because He's trying to get you back on this path so you're protected, so your blessings can come. He wants you, yeah, He's not saying nobody's never going to miss it. He's not saying nobody's ever going to get off the path. What he is saying is as soon as you get off that path and you realize you got off that path, grab your arm or get somebody to help you say, hey, you ever see me get off that path? Grab my arm and jerk me and get me right back on the path. Don't let me stay off that path no matter what I... Get you somebody that you trust, that you believe in. You say, hey, look, you see me get off the path? Slap me around. Get me back on that path. 
Because I know a little slapping around may hurt my flesh, but it ain't no fun being off the path. You've got your whole life open for the devourer to just eat you alive. Spirit, soul, body, financially, mind, health. It's not a good place to be. So you want to have people surrounding you that recognize, hey, look. And you know what? Those are the very people that we reject. Those are the very people that when they're around you and they say, hey, look. You come straight in just a little bit here. And they smile real big because they're scared to tell you. You're straying just a little. Then you don't speak to them for six months. You went, you, it's like you took a, a slingshot pole vault right out the door and got further away than you even should have. When all your blessings are right here on this path. We can't do these things. We have to stay on the plan and path that God has for us. Let me read you this verse here. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, in the living, verse 9. That is what the Scripture means when it says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those that love Him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. He's given us all these things. They're here waiting on us to receive them. But we've got to put our flesh under enough to realize... This is flesh. And if you're mad, and if you're hurt, and if you're bitter, and if you're on a tangent just to make money, or if you're on a tangent just to uh, do things that God didn't call you to do, it's time to get back on His path and see what He has for you to do and see how quickly the true blessings of God will come to you. Because if it's hard, it's not God. And then look at this verse in the NIV. It says it this way. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You can't figure it out in your head. You can't figure it out by yourself. The Message Bible says this, For as the sky soars high above the earth, the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think surpasses the way you think. God has good things for us. He has blessings for us. I want to read you this, this verse here. I think you'll understand what, what I've been trying to get at. Proverbs 3. Everybody knows this. The NIV says this, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord. 
Say, I'm thinking about myself. With all my heart. Now the rest of you say it. I'm thinking about myself. And lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge Him. And He will make my path straight. I will not be wise in my own eyes. I will fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, this next one is going to be even better, and I want you to say it with me. It's the Message Bible, and we're going to go down to verse 8. Trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord from the bottom of my heart. I won't try to figure everything out on my own. I will listen for God's voice in everything I do, in everywhere I go. He's the one who will keep me on track. I don't assume that I know it all. I will run with God. I will run from evil. Look at verse 8. My body will glow with health. My bones will vibrate with life. Honor God. I will honor God. With everything I own. I will give Him my first and my best. And my barns will burst. And my wine vats will brim over. This is what happens if you stay on His path. This is what happens if we stay on His path. If you've got to get a sticker and put it on your mirror with this message Bible, uh, 3, 5 through, what is it, 10? Do it! Because the devil is constantly, constantly trying to get you off of his path. And why is it? Look at verse 8 again. Because he doesn't want this for you. Because if He can get you off of His path, your body will not glow with health. Your bones will not vibrate with life. Because it's only on His path that you can have this. What's the next verse? Uh, The next one. Your bones is going to burst out. Have you been in lack? Maybe you got off the path. That's the devil's plan. If you serve God and you stay on His path, you're going to be healed, you're going to be whole, you're going to be strong, you're going to have life, you're going to have peace, you're going to have all the things that He wants for you. But somewhere along the way, the devil has pulled your rope and you've gone down this road. And whether you want to admit it or not, if you're in that shape and you're bitter and you're hurt or you're you're broke or you're sick or you're mad or you're any of these things. Depressed. Offended. You've gone down one of these roads and you've missed sight of this down here on the end. And it takes 30 whole seconds to get back on path and get to the end where God has your blessings for you. Because God's not holding them out from us. We're holding them out from ourselves. 
Can you say amen? amen? Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I say yes, Lord. 